This is Jack Carr, bringing you 11 special episodes of the Terminal List podcast, The Danger Close, to commemorate the one-year anniversary of the Prime video series. Last year, I sat down with showrunner David DiGilio and my friend, SEAL teammate, producer, and actor Jared Shaw to break down each episode and bring you behind-the-scenes information from the Amazon Prime video adaptation of my first novel. This series features eight episode recaps and breakdowns, two listener question episodes, and a conversation with Chris Pratt. Enjoy. Over 60 men were killed in the worst special operations disaster in modern Residents history. Residents of Coronado, California, were shocked by the brutal murder of Lauren Reese and her three-year-old daughter. Seal Lieutenant Commander James Reese survived the ambush, but is under investigation. Welcome to the Terminal List Podcast, an Ironclad original series presented by KC Cattle Company. I'm Jack Carr, author of The Terminalist. On each episode, we break down a different episode of the Amazon Prime video series starring Chris Pratt. On today's show, we're taking a look at episode six, Transcendence. Joining me today is series showrunner, writer, and producer David DiGilio, and series producer, actor, technical advisor, and former Navy SEAL Jared Shaw, who is the reason that we are here Today, he gave Chris Pratt the book in November. Or you, you read it in November of 2017, and Chris mm-hmm. read it in December of, uh, of that year. Optioned it early January of 2018, and then here we are today. And uh, my first uh, conversation with David was in the, uh, the parking lot of the Park City Library where I was working on another novel, and uh, we had a great conversation, and I've talked... <laughs> Every day since. Every and, day. Uh, and here we are today now on this podcast. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to do this and for all the time, energy, and effort and care um, you really put into this show. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate and, it. And you know what? Before we jump into episode 106, which is our nod to First Blood, of course, yes. uh, opening credits. Let's talk opening Ooh. credits for a second. Like this was awesome yeah. going through this uh, process and seeing like, I think I saw a storyboard first that I loved. And I remember seeing that first one and I was like, nothing can change. This is perfect. This and is you know, then things change and it gets better and better and better. And we had three song choices and yep. uh, we all yep. kicked them around a little bit and listened, I think for a period of a couple of days, but we kept coming back to trigger. It just seemed yeah. to be, I mean, they're all great. Like oh, great. all of them would have worked. It's like having yep. it's that, that problem of having only awesome choices out there. Yep. Um, but for whatever reason, we all, always kept coming back to, to trigger. Which oh, is so good. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk about that process, David? Cause we, uh, yeah, hundred, hundred yeah. percent. So, uh, when you're working on main title, you're going to work with a separate company that is going to build that main title. There and that's are, what they do. That's, that's their, what, that's they, what do. they do. Oh yeah. I, and, and sometimes they're associated with other things. So, um, my main title company is um, is really a visual effects company, uh, and one of the owners of this visual effects company leads creative leads of this visual effects company. Um, it's called Barnstorm. They've worked on huge, huge shows, Man in the High Castle, which has gotten you know incredible accolades for its effects. Um, so Lawson Dimming is this awesome visual effects producer slash director slash creative savant. He's really uh, amazing with this stuff. And so we brought him in. Um, and, and you're pretty deep into the process when, when you start this, because you kind of have to get everything in the show um, into 
the tone that has everyone fired up. And then yeah. that's what informs the main titles. But we'd had this idea ever since Max Adams, former Army Ranger, turned writer, producer, director. You're going to hear his name a lot in this podcast because he mm -hmm. wrote this episode 106. Um, Max worked with Antoine, with Warren Allen Young and the production design team to build Reese's Garage. And it started with an email that Max sent to everybody. And the first line of the email was, imagine if this garage were the opening title to the show. Wow. To which I replied and said, this garage is the opening title to the show. Wow. <laughs> like it was such a cool idea the way he framed it. I was just like, yep, that's going to be the main title. And, and, and we had to see it come together. Right, Jared. And, and Jack, mm -hmm. you were here. Like that was a scramble to get, to get that the together. garage together. Yeah. And thank goodness, by the way, you were here because I think you called upon some of your friends to yeah. help us build that garage and get the right authentic equipment in that garage. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was so fun. If people look close, yeah. they'll see if they pause it and people are, people are pausing it and screenshotting it and <laughs> yep. circling things on social media and sending things. Oh, this is dynamis over here. Yeah. Or look in that back corner way over there. Look at that's a Sornex uh, weight, yeah. you know, in one of the episodes. And yeah. uh, so there's so many things, little nods in there, um, yep. that, uh, in that garage. And we did have, um, before we did the title sequence though. So did they just put that garage back together for the title sequence or how did that? No, what we did is we had wrapped the show and we kept the garage up. It was like the last thing standing. And okay. so it was actually kind of weird for us to like walk back into the house set and like the whole house is like gone. Yeah. Except for the garage. And then we were incredibly lucky because Armando Salas, our, our, um, director of photography and a lot of our crew came back and shot this with Lawson. And it was just, mm. it was incredible because we also had a pickup shot that the pickup shot is like, um, if you miss like a little piece of an episode, um, an insert, sometimes it's called, it's like where you're focused on a mm -hmm. watch or you're mm -hmm. focused on a list uh, those shots that where you don't have the, the actors in the shot, sometimes you have to pick those shots up after okay. you film the scene. So we had some pickup shots and this main title to film on nice. our kind of final day uh, of filming in, in Los Angeles. We were filming in Culver City. And um, dude, Lawson and Armando uh, just really built this thing beautifully. And then they start to send us cuts and and we we had three music choices, like you said, and and then we really got it down to two. And um, the the runner up, we ended up putting in the show um, in uh, episode two during Reese's run, Siege of Rhodes, really wicked song, so great, you know that kind of Lord I'm free moment as he's got his mission, he's realized right, he's got Holder, he's got a mission, so worked perfectly for that. But Trigger was just. There's something about it. Yeah. It just felt like one, it's kind of got that outlaw country, you know, vibe that we've talked about. The guitar, you know, as 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 Reese's instrument. And then it just fit the cutting pattern. 
so well, these slow mm. moves. And we have we have built it with these conflations inside the images. Mm. Yeah. And you see that with um the SIG. We had to contact your your buddies at SIG to get the, yeah. the diagram and license the diagram so we could pull apart the the gun. Yeah. And um and we actually had more of them. Yeah. We had more of them, and it was Chris who had kind of like watched it and we got to our final moment and Chris is like, I think we have too many. Yeah. He was like, right. And and it, and that's what got us to the final place. Lawson was like, okay, totally. I hear you. And Lawson's like, we've talked about a great team member, great collaborator. And so he fit right in. And um, man, that was the final, the final iteration that really worked for it. Amazing. And I had to send my books out. So I had to send, I, mean, I had to send this huge box of books, probably weighs 50 oh, yeah. some pounds uh, yes. to get some of these on the shelves for that, for that opening sequence and, and panning that camera across some accidental gorilla by David Cacullin's in there. Once an Eagle is in there, there's a bunch of them that are in there, but I remember going like, Oh my gosh, this is my collection. This is like my, uh, my, 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 the jewels of my collection yes. right here. And I'm taking photos of them and thinking yes. like, okay, if this thing gets lost, uh, eventually I'll take these photos and be able to hopefully give them to someone and say, uh, <laughs> I need this down yes this print these down for me please yes. i need to write this next novel but here here's your mission um, oh, and, uh so i did that but you guys took such good care of them and, and got them back and that really really meant a lot to me um but before we get to that sequence that opening sequence uh reese is in his garage in different scenes in uh in the first two uh episodes and uh there's one book in there an insurgent book and by insurgent book, I don't mean a book about insurgency or counterinsurgency, but somebody on set oh, slipped in a book that would not be on my shelves it was in incredible. there. And uh, yeah, something from like the mid nineties from, you know, it's just not, it was, uh, not it on was theme. A, it was and, not uh, on theme. Yeah, it was snuck amazing. It, in. it was kind of, you know, the cover was off, so it kind of blended with the others. Yeah. I mean, it was genius move, yeah. um, but I caught it my damn when you I was could, there on set. Yes, in the first, you did. Uh, oh. kind of, yes, you did. Boom, off. Oh. Eagle eye. Uh, Eagle yeah, eye. Yeah, so there was an insurgent on set. We don't know who it was. Um, <laughs> but uh, next time I'll be more aware. Oh, man. You know, I'll be around more often. Yeah, Too good. See. But yeah, no, I love I love that people are are pumped on this mm. main title. Um, it's awesome. It is it awesome. Is, here, right here we have, yep. boom, look at that right there. That's the book nice. patch right there. Look at yep. that. You guys can see that right there. So uh, talk about the platoon patch. Who put this thing together and significance and it's right there in the opening sequence as well like leaning up against the the books yeah um, it's on our it's on our coin right yep. there there it is yeah there's yes. the coin from the show and uh nice. yeah so we have this right in the in the main title yeah um, it's um yeah the the alpha platoon patch i think um it's a real um uh just collaboration between art department uh, and props department and wardrobe uh, Molly McGinnis and the wardrobe department also, you know, had to make sure um, that all this the the thing worked and and all the placements worked as well. Um, it uh, it came from an idea that I think Antoine had early on, this notion of of um, the kraken, you know, as a kind of monster of the deep, which speaks um, really well to like the seals kind of emerging from the water mm -hmm. onto that beach in Syria. But then also the notion of like the multi-tentacled conspiracy. Yeah. That was the other thing we liked about it. So it was kind of like that, that combo is what led us to the, this idea. And then we turn it over, send some inspirations uh, to art department. And then they have artists who kick it around, send it up to Warren Allen Young, our production designer. 
and sends it to us. And then we arrive on the, the final design. And, um, and then Jared, do you remember the, the, um, ultimately like the, the red eye? Um, yeah. It, it yeah. having the, it has the, the a, right. I'm not looking yep. at it, but just, yep. it has the, the a for alpha platoon in one eye. And then it has a seven in the other eye. And one of them is red and one of them is white. Correct. Yep. Like I said, I'm not uh, black. I'm not looking one of them's at it. black. One of them's red and one's black. Gotcha. And Chris ended up having the idea to, to change the color to, you know, switch them up. And he wanted to show it. If I remember correctly, and Dave, you may re remember better than I do. Yeah. Um, but he, he wanted, there was significance in that for him and showing like the shift in Reese, essentially like the, and the, the eye chain. of truth. Yeah. It was right. like the eye of truth and the eye of vengeance. It was really, it was mm -hmm. cool, but that's like, that's the level of detail that Chris yeah. was getting yeah. into, man. It was mm -hmm. incredible. Yeah. Amazing. And for those who don't know, each team has a, uh, has a symbol, but then oftentimes uh, a platoon or a troop will also have a symbol that's unique to them. Um, and uh, this was the one that, uh, that we created for the show and it's right yep. there in the mm -hmm. main, main title sequence. So you guys, uh, you guys crushed it and you know, thank you for this and the coin, obviously amazing. Um, but yeah, that title sequence, that's, I mean, it is so awesome. I absolutely love it. I cannot, there's, I mean, it's fantastic. Like I can't stop watching it. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and for those who want to check it out, you actually can go to my Instagram because it's going to be on there. The whole the whole title sequence uh, nice. is on there. By the time this this drops, it's on the uh, the the rollout here. Um, nice. It's so good. It's yeah, it's so one that you good. you don't want to when you're watching the show and you have the option to skip intro. You don't want to yeah, skip intro. Skip. You want to watch it. You know, and don't and skip. same deal. I had so many people reach out to me and talk about the song. You know, and like that's amazing. And it 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 is. It's absolutely. It's catching. You know, you find yourself singing it and looking yeah. forward to it when it's when you know it's coming on in those those opening credits. So that that yeah. whole sequence really is just amazing. So well done. So well done. Like that the sig is in there and then we have the uh the coins on there that turn into the brain. Then we yeah, have the, that. the bucket full so of uh, cool. brass and yeah. then the t -t 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 with the sangster on the A dub. Yeah. You know, it's like an eye. It's it's the so eye. I mean that yeah. yeah. And that thing is is awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a yeah, there's a a scene with a, a hunter scene actually, and I won't talk exactly mm. where that comes from. I'm going to make people do a little bit of homework on uh, that one. It's when Constance's name um, comes up in the opening credits. But yeah, uh, there's, some, there's some special things in there. There's special. some really special things mm -hmm. uh, that people can uh, can pause. Whether it's uh, in the episodes where where Chris is there working in the the garage or having a conversation in that garage, you can kind yep. of you can pause it and look around. And if you're uh, you know if you've read the books or if you've uh, 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 if you you followed me on on social media and gear and, and all the rest of it, there'll be little little touch points uh, there for everybody. So it's pretty cool the way that uh, the care that went into that was just I mean mm -hmm. it, that that was astounding. It's awesome. so cool and, and it shows also the level of care that went into every aspect of this production. So yeah, um, and big so thank big you guys. big hat tip you know to Gwen Chavelsky, our post producer, because that falls on Gwen's shoulders. You know, and it's a mm -hmm. hard thing because it comes at the end of the process when money is exceptionally tight and man, she then has to kind of like dig around, find the quarters under the couch cushions, like get wow. everything that she can to throw into that incredibly important piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause a yeah. bad main title is just eh, right. Yeah. Like you've seen them. It's like, Ooh, that's a waste of money. 
yeah, doesn't well, work. This was not. This was yeah, this was this awesome. Is you guys, rocking. you guys crushed it. Oh, Thank amazing. you. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, before awesome. we get into 106, which is an interesting episode, especially for me coming into yeah. this, um, you know, my first time into uh, into Hollywood or into to series production, that kind of thing. Um, I learned so much about why this episode is in there, and yep. uh, and and so we can talk about all that. But before we get there, a lot of things, you know, the, when we talk about the care and time and energy and effort that went into every aspect of the show, it's not just the show; it's everything that surrounds the show um hmm. and it's this uh, it's 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 marketing and it's advertising and it's this ufc thing we went to over the weekend and it's there's an amazon military section and i did not know that hmm. and uh i went to normandy for a uh, brought 29 veterans back to, to normandy uh for the d-day commemoration events earlier in june my daughter went with me she's uh 16 years old we went with the best defense foundation uh donnie edwards's foundation so we brought these guys back there but before we went uh amazon and delta airlines threw this big gala for these veterans for these 29 world war ii veterans we're taking back there they're all mid 90s to uh to some of them over a hundred years old and uh the ones that are mid 90s all lied about their age to get in they lied and they were 15 years old (laughs) and got into world war ii oh uh, my god their country so those are the young ones oh my god they they lied uh and uh it was it was such a moving experience my daughter and i we went did also for pearl harbor this last year brought veterans back 60 three veterans, I think it was, back to Pearl Harbor for the commemoration events this last December. I think it was life-changing for my daughter. But Amazon, Amazon Military, through this gala event, I didn't know there was an Amazon Military. Mm. And they mm. said, I was, I'm walking down the line saying hi to everybody, and I see this one guy, and I won't say his name because I didn't ask him ahead of time, but I was like, okay, he looks like he's in shape. He's like maybe a little bit younger than me, uh, sleeve tattoos, you know. I was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. Uh, I was like, boom, operator, army. You know, you can just see it right yeah. off the bat. And he has an Amazon military t-shirt on. And we got to talk later. And sure enough, um, he was a, an army special operator and uh, uh, awesome guy and worked for the for another government agency afterward. Uh, but now he's working for Amazon on the military side of the house. And they have this whole wing. And when you say Amazon military, people are like, oh my gosh, Amazon's taking over the world. They're having this. this uh, but it's, it's not really. To, it's like really military outreach and bringing veterans into the fold and that's doing all so these things. Great. And uh, God, it's, it's amazing. Great. Yeah. Not many people know about it yet. He just sent me some, he just texted me the other day. He's sending me some Amazon military t-shirts, yeah. uh, which, <laughs> which is interesting, but, uh, uh, just to have that in the, you know, yeah. on a shirt. Um, yeah. but, uh, but they did this, uh, this, some like food drives, uh, and all this stuff with the, with the show and Amazon military sponsoring. And it's just a really, I mean, every, I didn't even know that existed until I That's got out a, there. So point being, there's so many different facets of this show that, uh, whether it's direct connect or more important, indirectly connected yeah. that, uh, that are helping make this thing what it is. And also, uh, having a positive impact on, on communities and everything else. So hats off to Amazon for one, trusting mm-hmm. us and taking a risk on us. Like, we, like we've talked about in past yeah. episodes with some of the things they let us do, but then also doing things like that, uh, like that military outreach. It's just, uh, it's, it's really cool to see them doing that. That's fantastic. Yep. Cause you know, it's one thing if you're making it the ethos of your show and, and, mm-hmm. and everyone who's kind of working with you, day-to-day has that passion. It's a whole different thing when you get to the point of like, okay, now we're going to get this show out there and that's the first thing they bring up. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Because they, and that's how they came into this. They were like, tell us, so, you know, I I think like even back in the writer's room, um, they were like, what are the connections to the military in the writer's room? 
And I was able to talk to them about the, the military veterans who we hired, but then also each writer's, each civilian writer's connection to the military through their families. And they cared about it from the, from the word go, you know, that's like March of 2020 when they came on, it was one of the first questions they asked. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. And that leads us right into 106 written by army veteran, army ranger, Max Adams, who, uh, who wrote this was in the writer's room, uh, through the whole process, stayed with us all the way through, uh, the, the whole production and was there every day on set along with Jared and Raymond Doza. And I really think without those three guys there, and then Dave, without you, Chris and Antoine trusting them, mm-hmm. this would be a very different show. Yep. Agreed. Yep. This is, there's a special, special, uh, podcast, um, with, you know, wish, wish we had Max here. Max is a very private person. I respect that always. Um, we try to get him on camera. <laughs> he just like somehow, and he never like was like, no, I don't do that. He just like figure out how to not be there. Uh, amazing. <laughs> uh, incredibly humble guy. Um, but just a genius guy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I always tell people he was my, um, last handshake before the pandemic, you know, like, mm. like as it was all coming down, we're doing, we're yeah. meeting writers. He was like the last person I like met in person oh, before wow. the world shut down. Jeez. And that's kind of special. And like, there's something about that that sticks with you. And he's really got an incredible origin story and, and, and his kind of transition from military life and in, into writing. Uh, he wrote the latest Expendables. He he's worked with huge names in action, um, and he just is so a such a book fan too. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you know, Jack. Before he got to you, got to know Max. Like yeah. he was just a book fan, and so awesome, cool. we knew like when we met him, like not only were we getting an incredible writer who had lived the special operator experience. But we were getting this incredible book fan yeah. who knew the whole world world back backwards and forwards. So I always had you on on my speed dial. But then like in the room, I had an immediate sniff test really yeah. for anything. And that came mm-hmm. through Max. And so, you know, in terms of the evolution, you mentioned this earlier, Jack, about why this episode exists, right? Because it's very different than the other episodes. Mm-hmm. And you know, here we are in episode six. And like we knew, and we talked talked about this, it's like the thing about that list, he's like setting them up, knocking them down, setting them up, knocking them down. But what if he got into an episode where he couldn't kill anybody? Mm-hmm. And Reese's superpower was kind of stripped from him in this moment in terms of like, identify, evaluate, execute these things that we've seen him doing. And now, holy fuck, he is just alone, on the run, a bunch of people trying to kill him, and he can't shoot back. Mm -hmm. Like, what would that be like? And it's actually, I mean, it is, in effect, a chapter from the book. It's chapter 65. Right. This uh, is the Freddie Strain intro yeah. chapter. Right. And so what I when I pitched this to you, I was like, all right, I think there's like a whole episode in this because 
just the character situation you've put Reese in. Yeah. And like that that moment that he sees that it's Freddy, right? Yep. Damn it, Fred, what are you doing down there? Yep. Yep. Is this see this, uh, some Let's of them make are, sure we get it right. Yeah. yeah some of them. Freddy here. Yeah. Sent the recall text in 63 right here. And this is the new, by the way, hardcover edition where I talk about how the book came to be in a new forward in here, how the series came to be. Um, try to thank everybody that, uh, uh, that, from George Sack, who did all the, the mobility stuff for the show, all the veterans involved in the show, the writers on the show, the actors behind the show, the people behind the cameras. Um, so that's all in here in the uh, in the forward, how the sh- how the book and the series came to be. And then we got these photos from the set mm. right here. But mm. uh, but yeah, that's, so and I love the part where that is a real nod. So the people that that have read the book uh, and remember what happened in that uh, that chapter. Um, th- that one right here. So here it is, 65. Here we go, 65. And, yep, there we go. And uh, so right in the middle of this episode, I think, uh, maybe maybe just past the midpoint, yeah. um, there's, there's really the nod to this chapter. If people have read the book and they'll, 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 they'll know it when they uh when they see it yeah it's uh too cool too cool but but the yeah the point of this one this episode uh what's our nod to first blood max all in on it it's awesome i had david morell on my danger close podcast yeah. who created the character rambo back in 1972 yes. with first blood it's it's it uh, this past may was its uh, 50th anniversary of publication and uh, it's never been out of print since 1972 which is very rare um yep. for for a book but uh i told him about this episode uh for him and uh he was very excited that there was a nod to uh to first Big blood time. in this uh in this show but max adams writes this thing and uh who's directing this episode this is sylvan white Nice. Sylvan is comes just back. an awesome uh, man and artist. Uh, French uh, has been over here for years. Started off like Antoine in the music video world, uh, moved into the action feature world, and now shoots some of the biggest shows around. Um, he shot my last show, then went on, did a bunch of Umbrella Academy, which is a wild, kick-ass show. And then uh, we were able to hire him back, and he did uh, episode six and episode eight, our finale. Yeah, amazing. And uh, this one, Reese is on the run. We just left him leaving San Francisco, car chase, have to figure out how to get him out of the vehicle on the run. And uh, and that was cool figuring all that out as well. Um, but he goes on the run. And there's also there's something about this episode where it, uh, it takes the, the viewer out of something that they expected. And mm-hmm. was there a name for that? Dave, was there a name for something like that in series television? I forget if there was. Oh something no! Like a- yeah, no, no. This is yeah. So, so this is a, this is a good behind the scenes thing. Um, and Jared and I laugh about this because this is our bottle episode. That's what it's called. So, your bottle episode is when you are shooting a giant show or any show really. At a certain point, um, you like are exhausting your resources. And so you have to kind of like take your globe trotting show and then you're like putting one whole episode in one mm. location. And like they call it the bottle episode. Like if you saw Breaking Bad, the most famous bottle episode ever is the the fly mm. in Breaking Bad. Or they're they're stuck in the meth lab with a fly. <laughs> and that's the whole episode. It's insanely cool. But this as a bottle episode is a it's kind of a joke because this is like a magnum of champagne. This is like maybe our most expensive 
episode outside of the pilot. It's a beast. And so there was no, like, even though we were in a couple places uh, to film the whole thing, there's nothing bottle about this at all. And this was one where I think I was actually in post in a big way at this moment. And uh, Jared, you and uh, John Schumacher and, and Max Adams, I mean, you guys are just producing the hell out of this thing. Like, mm. absolutely. Because this is action beat after action beat. Mm-hmm. And yeah. based in real operator tradecraft, which I would, t- I'm not even going to attempt to explain. I will turn that over to you guys. <laughs> yeah. So he's on the, we got Reese on the run and people in the read the books will probably be like, wait, what? Until they see that one, one scene, um, about halfway through yeah. where he leaves the bullet out there. Um, because mm-hmm. he can't, and it, and, it, and well, I'll get to that when we, when we get to that, that part, but here we go right oh. here. We got this guy oh. on the run. Nice. There he is. That's a great Chris shot. Pratt. As Navy SEAL sniper James Reese, yeah, on the run. And he put out for this. I mean, just watching it, you're like, oh, he took a beating in this this episode. Um, I mean, he's, yeah, running through the woods, climbing cliffs, getting buried alive. Um, There's a lot going on in this Mm -hmm. episode right here. Breaking into the cabin. um, That's a cool, that's a cool scene right there. We've got the Everly Stock backpack on. You know, you got the gear. Um, He loses his meds. So that plays in, leaves him in the car. Um, So we have that. We have HRT coming into the fold here, bring the hostage rescue team, FBI in to track him down in the, in the mountains. Um, Mm -hmm. But uh, so Jared, you were on set there for this. So what was important to you about filming this thing, knowing that uh, that operators are going to, are going to watch it. And uh, also knowing that you have to, like we talked about before, when James Reese crosses the street at night, uh, well, you mm-hmm. can't just have a black screen there. Uh, you have yeah. to actually show him crossing the street. So there's some things that uh, you know are Hollywood <laughs> that you have to that you have to show. Um, but uh, what was most important to you as you guys showed up on location to to film this thing? Were you nervous about it? Um, I mean, I think there's a, a bit of nerves with every episode and and every scene within the episode is a, it's a different challenge. It's a different yeah. beast. And like Dave was talking about, this one was so big on so <laughs> many different levels, you know, and there was times that we were stretched so thin covering down on, on different, you know, uh, just different scenes that we're having to get knocked out. Dave, was this the one that at one time we had like three different sets running? You, you remember yes. that? Oh my that God. That was this one, right? That was this one. That's yeah. exactly right. It was Chris, Pratt's birthday. Mm-hmm. The the yep. the people who saw that recent post Chris just had mm-hmm. his, his birthday. Um that post was from a year ago, Chris's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um that's why everybody's still in mass and stuff is is we were still in the height of it. And um we had a unit shooting uh episode five mm-hmm. down in South Bay of Los Angeles. And then yep. we had two units shooting up in, I believe, Griffith Park of Los Angeles. One of those units was um, Sylvan's main unit, and the other was Max Adams directing mm-hmm. second unit for the car chase that opens this whole thing. That's right. And, um, and yeah, that's, I mean, that's the the insanity of, of building what is really a location-based action show is sometimes the only way you can do it is to start to divide and conquer uh-huh. And and shoot simultaneously, 
And so that puts an enormous amount of pressure on your keys or your department heads because they then have to hire new people to come in, call them day players sometimes, who come in and have to then, you know, run those other units for them at the same quality we all have come to expect. And then that's where Jared and his many hyphens also uh, uh, comes in. But like really everybody has to step up their game as producers to make sure that you're getting everything from the page to screen. And it's a real hat tip to everyone involved that you can even survive a day. And Chris would like never (laughs) ever mention this, but, but like you, Mr. Tough man, Jared Shaw with the, with the bicep, Chris, I think on that day was, was injured on his Mm -hmm. birthday and just worked right through it. Right through it. Yeah. Right through it. And, and, yeah, you had the heat, you had everything. And and Chris just always pushed through. And and Jack, to answer your question, was I nervous? That that day when we were all split up like that, Dave, you, John, myself were on one set, and then the two of y'all went to visit another one. And I remember you looked at me and you were like, All right, Jared, you got it. And it was the HRT scene where they're moving through, you know, <laughs> and so here I am. At that point, I'm the only producer on set, you know. Yes, yep. HRT. Yeah, it was that that one right in there. Yep. And only producer on on that set, you know, and then cover down on the tactic side of, of the HRT and what they had going on. And so I tried to play it off like I wasn't nervous, but I'd be lying if I said I, I wasn't definitely <laughs> uh, a little bit. It. You crushed nervous. it, brother. You uh, crushed it, brother. You. Man. But thank that you. that's how you learn, right? Like yeah. getting those moments where where someone says, Okay, you're ready. It's your right. set, right? Nice. And, right. And and, and Dave, away. just, yep. yeah. And once again, just to, to, you know, just once again, pass my respect on to you of getting me in that position to say, all right, now you're ready. You know, yeah. like allowing me to kind of work under you and, and your mentorship on all that. I, I felt confident, even though I was still, of course, a little nervous, I felt confident to be like, all right, let's do this. Let's yeah. rock and roll. You know, you set me up for success in that way. So I appreciate that. Well, thank you. And it's a, again, that's the reward for everything that you're putting into the show, every step of the way up to that. And Jack would be the same. I think, you know, you've learned so much in terms of production and stuff. You would have that skill set. Because it takes a while to kind of learn how to mm-hmm. um, really communicate with yeah. the uh, different departments, especially, yeah. and with the director, which is right. really key. Because it is ultimately, even as a showrunner, the it is the director's set, and you really have to empower the director. Mm. They have to be like they have to know everything is. Yeah. Um, on in this rectangle is coming from their vision, right? right? Massively important. And that's what I saw, Jared, I saw you click into that, how to work with that director mm-hmm. and boom, like that's the moment. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We had a lot cool. going on in this episode. I mean, we had the yeah. car chase in the beginning. We have helicopters coming in. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. We have fast roping going on. Yeah. Got HRT on the ground. We, totally oh, HRT. out with them. HRT studs, such yeah, a good Nate team. Boyer coming in. Got the got the yep. boys coming in. You got a Pretty whole sweet. crew. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a saw. And those guys are all still friends to this day. They all still go out and hang out and and just truly buddies, you know. And you could see that on on camera. There's that chemistry between those guys, you know. We're like, yep, those those were the right guys brought on for the job. They just they clicked. They're, yeah. they're really they, they all they did well. all um, military veterans. Yep, and a thirteen. Nice. Yep. Yeah, Remy's uh, in a, there. That Lecky's yep, in there. Yep. Like, man, yeah, guys, such Reeves. cool guys. I've known Nate Boyer for quite a few years now, so it was great to see. And it was a surprise yeah. to me to see him in there. I'm like, no way. Yeah. So that's uh, that was cool to to see him uh, in this. And so many, yeah, so many personal connections throughout this whole thing from that first episode all the way through. And uh, well, obviously, how it even exists to begin with, with uh, with me and Jared, and, and Jared passing the book to Chris. So um, yeah. there's so, so much going on in this one. And let's go back and talk about the the title of this one. Uh, Dave, what's mm-hmm. the, the the title for uh, for transcendence? Um, it's, or, which, it's tra- talking, so it's yeah. transient. Uh, yeah, transience, and it's transient, it's like sorry. this this moment where things are getting fuzzy. Yeah, in the memory, like you start okay. to second second guess it, and it's it's um, and we thought it was great because as we were kind of conceiving of this one in the writers' room, and re- and really like gave it to Max to run with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like really like kind of said, OK, here are the parameters run with it. Max not only loves First Blood, he loves Jacob's Ladder, like mm-hmm. loves it. And he was like, you know, as we talked about it, we're like, wow, like those two experiences and tones together. Yeah, that's really unique. And so that was like the notion behind uh, he loses his medication. Reese loses yeah. his medication in the car crash. And so now, like, he's got to fight the elements. He's got to fight off people who are trying to capture or kill him. Uh, and he has to fight himself. And the the notion of survivor's guilt, which we've touched upon before and is a big driver in the book, right? Like, you, in, in kind of... Reese's internal monologue in the book, he touches upon this a lot in terms of his men, that wonderful scene um, at Fort, it's, I think at Rosecrans, right? Mm-hmm. When it, when he goes back and like yeah. that sense of survivor's guilt um, with his men and his family, this was a moment for us to get into that. Mm-hmm. So you've got that action layer that's coming from set piece after set piece after set piece, but then you've got the emotional layer that comes from the survivor's guilt boiling up to the surface uh-huh. for this character. Cause he doesn't have the meds that have been kind of like tamping down the symptoms and the conflations of the tumor. Yeah. And, and he's wounded on top of that. Oh yeah. He's wounded. Yeah, got to deal with the, the beginning. Layoon, Layoon winged him, caught him. Winged him. The, the beginning of the episode. So he's taking yeah. that into it. He bleeding, you know, bleeding quite a bit through it all. And Yeah. It's a rough day, but it actually starts with a flashback, and this Ooh. is the one where. Uh, and if people look closely, I think they'll see a little honey next to his coffee there. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> um, but now he's with uh, his wife's parents. Uh, he's with Lauren's parents, and uh, you know, great, uh, incredible actors. And then uh, yeah, Catherine delivers that line that we talked about mm-hmm. in another episode that I just keep going, going back oh, to. You know, do what yeah. you need to do. Yeah. Like, and, you know, cause she's that. like blaming him, you know, you see, and we had to cut some things, mm-hmm. funeral yeah. scene stuff that she was yeah. in, uh, earlier on, um, uh, that didn't, didn't make it, but, uh, 
where you really got the sense that she's holding him accountable, blaming yeah. him for, for what happened. Uh, you get the sense in this scene that that's also the case. She's the one that's yeah. sitting there that's just, you know, you know, staring and, you know, tells them kind of get to the point. Why are you here? Type of a type of a thing. You know, Reese doesn't want to hear about your bike. What's what are you here for? <laughs> and, uh, by the way, hat tip, though, that's Tom Amandes, who um, uh, Chris had uh, worked with for years, I think, on Everwood. Yeah. And um oh man, he plays Lauren's dad. He's so Great. good in that in that mm-hmm. scene. So good. So good. It was longer originally. It was still great. And then we it was got, still great. whittled it down oh. a little bit yeah. uh, to get those essential elements in there. But when she delivers that chilling line at the end, and that's how it mm-hmm. stops, and then bam, we're back present day. Um, you know, on the run. Um, but yeah, that's a great, great line yeah. once again. Oh, dude. And that comes from film. that that comes from the book um when Reese stops by to see his mom yeah on the way out of town and on the mission that's what inspired this scene and and Mm -hmm. a little bit of how the sausage gets made the scene was actually originally in episode three that scene existed in episode three but it didn't play oddly which is because it's a really powerful scene but it didn't play because it was on his way up to meet katie in los angeles Mm. And it was okay. just too soon for yeah. someone to say, you do what you got to do. Right. Because we still didn't trust him. Right. We hadn't got had it. the firefight with Gordo that in finding the target package, the things that, you know, say right. it's real. So it was too odd yeah. for someone to say, go do this, Reese, even though the right. audience is right. still a little an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. But then when we got to six, we're like, oh, wait it plays here nice because it's literally, it's almost like that meme, right? This is how it started. This is how it's going. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh-huh. So you, uh-huh. you open and you're, and you're with in this moment that we hadn't been privy to yet where this fucking badass woman says, go do what you have to do. Right. Yeah. I understand. Mm-hmm. It's chilling. It's chilling. Yeah. Right. I got to tell and her that too. I got to tell her that at the, uh, at the premiere. Oh, I love I that. Say, too. I just have to tell you. <sighs> I love that you got that moment because it's very hard when we, you know, there's a lot of people who get, you know, come into the show who affect us, but then we don't get to say that to them. And, Mm -hmm. um, and she and Tom in that scene is great. And then this is how it started. And then it cut to, Oh, boom. Fuck. This is how it's going. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Come and get some. Yeah, exactly. It's great. Reese has a map. He looks at it. He's got, he has to make, he has to travel. He knows where he, where he's going and, uh, runs into some things along the way like this. Bam. Look at that. Mm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So when people get to this part, uh, how did that fall? Who did that? Like, how did that, I mean, it looks like a body falling and hitting, Hitting the rock. Uh, Black Rifle Coffee hat on right here. I think in this picture, I think he's stolen the Breacher backpack already at this point. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. but, yeah, the Breacher uh, pack. Yeah. How did you guys film that uh, that fall? I mean, that was... Uh, I don't know how much we've talked about Chris Romerill on here, you know, being, being Pratt's stunt double. But that mm-hmm. guy, I mean, and Doubles Down's fight coordinator, that guy is just a stud in every sense of the word, you yeah. know, and, and not just physically in what he's able to do, but the way he thinks about things and the way his mind works and he can build out scenes, you know? So this fall, I mean, he, he legitimately takes a fall, you know, wow. he, he's hitting, you know, and Dave, you can get into the, 
the 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 science of making it look as well as it did and fast paced and everything. But yeah, he's he's legitimately taking a digger and and hitting hard and and I, I've had people reach out about that and they were like dude is that like is that guy alive what happened <laughs> you know, that's, that's him that's, it's such that's a shock Chris. when it hits you're like it's oh, so crazy yeah. i know yeah. it's, uh, I, it's, I mean chris romrell i mean what an amazing guy dude. people should go check out chris romrell's instagram because he's also hilarious he's um, so yeah. for funny. a big guy his, he can move he's insane he's, oh, he's parkour. my parkour yeah. he's like this yeah. crazy parkour yeah. gymnastics yep. flex i mean it's a, yep. it's crazy like six um, three huge. six four 230 yep. pounds and he he moves like a lightweight you know i mean he it's can just incredible. do a standing backflip you yep. know and and you know he's just a he's a specimen you, you know? don't and find too just, many big guys like that that are that strong no. and can move no. like that like that's no. that's unique um and it's really on the balcony legit. in episode two and go over the go over the balcony and all yeah. that stuff just it's incredible but yeah follow him on instagram because he's also hilarious he did so a fourth of july yeah. uh post yesterday july all in slow motion with like <laughs> the music and hair and he has like this shirt that we did a little commemorative uh fourth uh, of july shirt with my friends at ball and buck and it's got like the the uh yeah. the cross tomahawks on the uh on the, the elbows patches. and yeah. and it's got yeah it's like red white and blue and it's all made in america and so he like opens a jack go go like slow motion like drinks it you know tosses it like opens his shirt up like all to the music it's, it's hilarious um, uh, but uh but yeah he's amazing i'm glad he's okay after that fall because oh, it yeah. looked like it would kill most people oh dude it's yeah. it, it's crazy so i mean just the the that fall it's created by like multiple things camera uh oh. chris pratt's performance and chris romwell's commitment kind of add up to it um, none of it is that high up, you know, we're doing a little bit with, um, Romwell on ropes that fall, he's jumping up, hitting, coming down and hitting that rock hard and then falling onto another mm-hmm. pad. That is the second hit. And then we capture him as he jumps up and then use visual effects to have him fall into frame. That's the kind of secret sauce to it. And it's remarkable because, dude, he, I mean, he does hit so hard. And then you need things like mm-hmm. sound to really nail that mm-hmm. as well. And, um, but it's then all of that kind of crisp before he goes, before he peels. And then Chris, as he kind of comes out of it and comes, comes up and then boom, it leads into that next scene at night with the, uh, the call with the uh, Tony, the radio call, mm. which is so bon- good. Like, oof, love that scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. has he already left the the bullet at this point? I'm trying to go back. I'm having conflation as well. Oh, it's been, yeah, he left right before this. So, before, that, yeah, okay. he he loses HRT when he's got that shot, and there's a little boozer, okay. excellent boozer moment there too. Yeah, uh huh. Right, leaving some advice, giving some advice. Reese has yeah. these guys, and so. So in the book, I don't know if I really talked about this ever before, but in the book, I had it outlined a different way. So mm. there's an there's an ambush at the at the cabin. Uh, it's seals that are going in. Uh, yeah. The highest tiered naval special warfare uh, guys going in hunting um, hunting James Reese. Uh, they have him tracked to a cabin in New Hampshire in the book, and uh, and Reese has kind of turned the tables and uh, he needs to confirm something. And if these guys show up, then he knows um, <clears throat> there's another name to add to the list in the book. Mm. Um, and I had it 
outlined and very rarely has this happened because uh, I outline, I start with a title, I start with a theme, I do a one page executive summary, I read that summary and I ask, is this worth one year of my life? Uh, and if it's yes, then I read it again and say, is it worth the time that someone else is going to uh, invest in this yeah. uh, as well? It's going to add value to, to their life. And if both those answers are yes, then I, then that's my, that's my story. And I take that and turn it into an outline. Mm. And in the outline, I had something different happen in that mm. scene. And so I'm going through and I'm writing and I get to that scene and I start it just like I would any other, other chapter. Yeah. And I couldn't write it the way I had it in the outline. Oh, it just, it, could, it wouldn't come out. And, mm. uh, and it's because of what I have Reese doing. And you can imagine what that is. Uh, if you oh, know the wow. pace of the book and you know that my, my little yellow sticky, which I had on my computer that said revenge on it, which guided everything that I did. And I think is why Simon and Schuster had very few content edits. Um, when it, when it got to them, um, very few, because I was on theme the entire time and yep. whether it was directly or indirectly, everything had to lead back to that theme. But I have this awesome, crazy action sequence planned and it won't come out. Wow. As I'm so personally invested in the character, in the story, it has so many ties to, to my foundation in the SEAL teams and just yep. as, a, as a human, um, it, it didn't come out, it, it wouldn't happen, but it came out a different way. Just naturally, this chapter came out a completely different way. Dude. And then you capture it in the film, in the series with Reese not being able to take a shot and mm. leaving a bullet there for these guys so they know that he could have, which is pretty cool which is pretty cool. So you guys got it. Really I mean, cool. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool. Super yeah. Powerful. That, that scene was fun. That scene was, was, and there's was Jared right cool. there and you got my, my thing and there. You got my, uh, precision in, in, uh, with a rifle precision with a, a rifle yeah. that requires precision. precision and thought. And thought. Yeah. 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 And that was, you know, that was, that was really kind of my, I'd say my, first attempt at writing a scene you know and yeah. i didn't i didn't write all the dialogue by any means but we jack you and i talked about it a little bit and that's obviously where that line came from i'm not smart enough to come up with, with oh, great it, dialogue are. like that you know but, <laughs> you are dude and, no i i appreciate it but then uh and then dave you and i being able to work together on it and find a home for it you know and and yeah you know being able to put that in there and then it ended up just being such a powerful moment that led to Reese leaving the round there and laying yep. and finding it, you know, and it just, it's, um, yeah, it just, it, it all came together in a cool, in a cool way and powerful way. Yeah. So awesome. I'm so glad you're there with him in that scene. It's so cool to see you guys together. And then where that, where that line came from, it's an old army special forces sniper from Vietnam who was very uh, mm. impactful to me in my mm. life. And he passed it along to me 20 plus years ago, maybe 30. Wow. And, uh, mm. and he said, precision in language reflects precision in thought. And so uh, putting precision with a rifle wow. reflects uh, requires precision, precision and thought came from that. And he was a awesome. special forces sniper in Vietnam, part of Project Delta, uh, just an incredible, incredible human being. So, um, and I got a lot of my, my leadership and thinking things through logically, tactically, that sort of a thing from him. And he's the guy that gave me once an eagle, uh, hmm. wow. which was also very impactful and is on Reese's shelf in the series. So all these things that tie back are, are so personal, um, in so many, mm -hmm. so many cases. Um, and that's just, uh, that's just one of them. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, in this episode, Reese can't, can't kill anybody. We have a storm coming in, uh, and we have, uh, you know, there's this whole thing is a nod to first blood, but really when he's in seeking shelter from the storm, the radio, 
the Dude. flashback to family, flashback yes. to buds, uh, uh, the bell. Yeah, I think that's all in here as as well in this uh, mm-hmm. in this episode. Um, Cox in there, um, but all of that and that uh, and talking on the radio. That's pretty cool, and I love how he's talking to his wife just like you would uh. Uh, in in real life. And then all of a sudden, it's not. The Terminal List podcast is presented by Kansas City Cattle Company. Kansas City Cattle Company believes in keeping things authentic, and they believe if you taste the product, you'll taste the difference. Kansas City Cattle Company is veteran-owned and operated and delivers Wagyu beef and other high-quality proteins with a palatable difference to all 50 states. They have Brookshire pork, pasture-raised chicken sourced from another veteran-owned company, and sustainably caught seafood. They're also known for their world-famous Wagyu hot dog, which was featured by foodandwine.com in a viral article saying they had found a hot dog that tasted like steak. Other bestsellers are their Wagyu steak, briskets, and tri-tip roasts. There's also been buzz about their Wagyu bacon cheeseburger brats. Other favorites include Wagyu hanger steak, Wagyu bone-in ribeye, and their Wagyu chuck eye steaks. The team started Kansas City Cattle Company to bridge the gap in high-quality proteins and top-notch animal husbandry practices to the end consumer. They believe good protein starts with good conditions for the animals. As the company grew, they hired their first employee, a veteran, just getting out of the Army. From there, their new mission to hire an all-veteran staff was born. Today, their mission now includes serving high-quality protein to those they once served and helping other veterans find their new mission post-service. Save 15% on the exclusive Terminal List collection at kccattlecompany.com slash jackcar with code jackcar15. That is J-A-C-K-C-A-R-R-15. That's kccattlecompany, K-C-C-A-T-T-L-E-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com slash jackcar, J-A-C-K-C-A-R-R. And use that code Jack Carr, fifteen, dude, and 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 it's now Tony, and this is what goes back to what we talked about with JD, right? It's like for this moment, that's why you cast Uh JD Pardo, Mm -hmm. and and these are filmed on two different nights, Mm -hmm. right, Jared? I mean, two different locations, two different nights. Um, I was able to make it out for this and to, and to watch this, this is another thing that shows you the kind of ethos and selflessness of, of this show. Um, Chris came all the way out there, um, and, and, and stayed late into the night to do the off screen for JD's side when we filmed it. And then JD reciprocated came all the way out to this uh, state park where we were filming and uh, did the off screen for Chris. And I was just like, damn, these guys are into it. This is, this is what you want. Amazing. Yeah. Pure team. Yeah. How, and how about Lauren in the beginning of that scene singing? So Riley. Oh uh, yeah. Just, oh, I man. mean, it's really her singing. It's really, yeah. Riley, isn't She's it? Incredible. I mean, it's Elv- like- Elvis is, you can hear it. Right. Yeah. So good. Yeah. So, so good. I love that little moment. I love mm-hmm. it so much. And I remember when, when Max put it in there and, and, and the kind of the move into this discussion of 
you know, it's one thing to be a SEAL. It's another to be a father. Yeah. Man. And everybody can relate to every operator coming back and can relate to, to all of that. And we got a little, uh, a little, uh, surf torture slash surf conditioning mm-hmm. in there mm-hmm. as well. So. And, and young Ben, that was cool to see, right? You uh-huh. see, I mean, it's a little like, do people recognize that as like, it, it's like when you shave, Jared, do people right. know that's Ben? I hope they do. They do. We had to yeah. say his name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They may nice. not know it right away. They may not pick it oh, up. Oh man. Right away. Yeah. No, Taylor, I mean, he's, we've fortunately, he's been in so much. Everybody knows how he, what he looks like, <laughs> you know, beard or no beard. It's amazing. It's so right. They're it's so good. And oh. that, uh, to, to go back real quick, I think, I think, I believe if I remember correctly in that conversation between Tony and Reese yeah. over comms, I believe it's my favorite line of the entire show mm. is when, Tony asked, you, you know, Reese about, uh, you know, what his father would think about what he's doing or something like that. And, and the response that Reese gives, is he said, it would be a mistake to push a man to violence. If violence is what he's dedicated his life to, per- to perfecting. And like, yes. to me, that is, that was, I remember reading it on the page and then seeing Chris say that, you know, and that, there, yeah. there, that line is, that's so powerful to me. So powerful. Yep. Yep. Just, Unbelievable line. I mean, that script. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was, I, I think, you know, you asked Jack about like the pressure that you feel. And I think, you know, we can, can share this, but it's like, I think we all felt a lot of pressure on six because it Max's script was the one everyone was just most fired up about. Like we were just all so fired up to tackle this because there was stuff that he had learned from survival school that he was putting in there. There were these moments that were so massive in the book that we were trying to capture and hit upon. There were these like this intensity of like the kind of physical and emotional uh, complications that he's going up against. We were all just, we all put like the weight of the world on ourselves. And it's very late in the season at this point, And the crew is just killing themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and again, it's like July in California. It's, uh, we were in a massive heat wave. Yeah. Just, mm-hmm. it was the crucible really. Um, yeah. And we came out of it, you know, with a freaking awesome episode, but. But people suffered for this one, especially, you know, Chris. But it never show it. Just keep no, pounding. Yeah. Keep grinding. Never talk yeah. about it. Never say it. Never complain. Yeah. Uh, and we got some great lines in here that will resonate with operators, particularly SEALs. We got Frogman Luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ben says that. So it's something yeah. we talk about in the SEAL teams. I've never heard that uh, anywhere else before. Like, I, even on, like, SEAL Team CBS or any of the other movies that are out there. Wow. I don't, I don't think I've ever heard that anywhere else. But Frogman mm-hmm. Luck is something we talk about in, in the SEAL teams. Um, and so you got, you got that in there. We get uh, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> Leroy <there. laughs> which, was, which was very yeah. popular for a while for those yeah. that were yeah. around, like, Huge. I don't know. Gosh, I want to say 2005, six, maybe yeah. seven, four, mm-hmm. five, six, seven time frame right there. 
Leroy, uh, Leroy Jenkins just going in alone on YouTube. What's the video game it's in? But they're like all in there and there's is it Warcraft? Guys are talking World about, of Warcraft, I think. I don't know what yeah, it is, but War, this World one guy yeah. like, Leroy just goes in, <laughs> Leroy <laughs> Jenkins, and he goes in, and the other guys are like, "What?" And so they're doing like just getting slaughtered, training, just yeah, utterly yeah. slaughtered. <laughs> so we, we do things like in training, we bring that up at that time frame quite a bit. You know, taking a room yeah. by yourself or yeah. you know, whatever else, then you bring it up downrange. I remember talking about it in Ramadi in 05 and 06. Um, Leroy Jenkins, yeah. So that yep. made classic. That, yeah, that makes, Max, it, makes an appearance right in there. there. Yeah, yeah. we have Steve Horn crossed out in blood. Oh, that's cool. Love that. Mm-hmm. I love that yep. that scene so much. Great spot that, they that found that cave. Yeah, we got the bell in there, mm-hmm. um, and we got some heat signatures going on. Reese has to think. Um, yeah, you got Jared talking to Chris as Boozer uh, and asking about the dope. Is it solid and and all that? Yeah, just oh, there, there's so many cool lines in this one um and then we get to this uh landslide Ooh, yeah. dude that was big that was heavy yeah, yeah and it came heavy. out looking great dude yeah. i mean again you know it's so i mean we we talked about this in downtown la that was just one episode ago where we all you know really went to the mat as as a, a cast and crew and mm-hmm. team to get to capture that and then you know, two and a half, three weeks later, there we are out in Santa Clarita, 105 or six degrees that day mm-hmm. and multiple units shooting. You know, this is like Chris Romwell is throwing himself down a mountain with Max filming him over and over and over again. You know, probably four seconds of that gets into the final picture. Mm-hmm. Like that's the commitment. Uh, that's going on there. And then Reese brings down a mountain. And that was the thing when Max pitched this episode and we were like, if you can get James Reese to a place where like literally the man has nothing left to lose and he's willing to bring down a mountain and take his chances. Like that is the the character that has just got nothing left, right? And that final that confrontation between uh Reese and Mac, Christina Vidal, who's incredible in that moment. And then that kind of like those little flashbacks to Lauren, Lucy, Alpha Platoon, and that Chris that look. And you just know Chris is gonna do it. And boom. I mean, Jimmy, Lorimer, special effects, really kind of brought down half a mountain out in Santa Clarita. <laughs> it's the oh, biggest explosion yeah. I've ever been a part of filming. Wow. It was monstrous. Amazing. Yep. Uh, and there's, and you can go to Chris Romrell's again and Justin Lubin's Instagram, and that photo is on there. It's actually Chris Romrell's uh, uh, whatever icon or whatever his main main. Photo oh, of him, of him. leaping him off jumping. the yeah yeah the mountain. Yeah, oh, cool. God, it's a, it's, it, yeah, it's it's amazing. So it's the people can go and check that that photo out because it's yeah. Uh, and yeah, Sylvan, yeah, our director, had that thing storyboarded, work like hell with Evans Brown, everybody, Casey Caldwell from the AD department, just epic amount of work yeah. went into capturing that sequence. And then we handed over to visual effects, right? 
Yeah. Yep. To ride and that the wave. Difference. Seeing that for me, seeing that and seeing like uh, the, uh, I don't know, Photoshop where there's like, and this is where the mountain comes down. <laughs> and then seeing it like how it, how it ended up. That was, that was really cool to, it's to cool, see. Right? Yeah. But uh, talking about Christina again, right there, like there are these moments in there that humanize Reese and uh, just with like a little bit of a look, you know, cause he could be like stone cold right there. And no matter what she says, boom, bringing it down. Yes. Um, but it, and she has this great line, even, you know, something about, you know, former army, whatever. And, uh, and she's like, even seals need heroes. <laughs> and, and Chris is just, you see just little, just little, you know, little tiny, you know, so it's like that. I love that there are these little things that humanize them. Most of the time in this, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's with Ben and, yeah. and Chris having yeah. that kind of interaction, but there's some others, uh, in there, in oh, there as well. Um, yeah. When she says that and he, you know, and you see yeah. that look, you know, cause yeah. it's a good one. You it know, he's like, no, it's a, it's a great one. He knows it, you know? Uh, yeah. and that's, uh, so I, I love that as well that they do that. And then, you guys brought a mountain down Boom. and uh, visual effects spices it up, but mm -hmm. uh, in seeing all the different cuts and then to see how both Christina and Chris have these straws and they're buried alive oh. uh, in there and then see how yeah. it looks at the end. Like they're really buried alive. Really you know, buried, take buried a, alive. Like a, yeah. Take a, I don't know, a big backhoe thing or whatever and dump sand and dirt on them yeah. and they have this little breathing tube. And then Chris, this is one where, where Chris stayed under maybe a little too long. Oh yeah, oh, we did. that was, that was like a, do you remember Dave? Like you could, when they dumped all the, the dirt on him, I mean, you could feel it on the ground you could feel it hit. Like you could feel the weight of what yeah. was being dropped on him, you know? And then yeah, and his little, his little straw just yeah. goes like, it's just yeah. gone. Like, like our That's little, it. you yeah. know, breathing apparatus just gets mm -hmm. knocked out with the breathing dirt apparatus. Drop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also yeah. known as a straw. It's so a rebreather. We call it a rebreather. We're all sitting there. <laughs> like, yeah, we're all sitting there just like, wait, no, like, all right, we know he's not breathing. Like, yeah. what's the, you know, and like you said, Jack, we're like, all right, it may have been just a little bit too long, but he just committed, you know, and then we start seeing him crawl out of there, oh. you know, which was crazy. 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 Yeah. And mm -hmm. we were, we were going to go in and, and he kind of talked about this after, like he was going to play it. Cause he knew mm -hmm. he can hold his breath like crazy. He was yeah. going to play it. But mm -hmm. then by the time he started to move, he realized how heavy the dirt was. Yeah. And then he realized, Oh crap, I really have to get out. And it's <laughs> just like, for all of us, we're getting ready to run in and take and go get him. Yeah. Because it was that he's, close. It's it that close. close. Like Keith mm -hmm. uh, and from stunts and we're all, you know, we have safety precautions and everything ready to go. And we're about to trigger him and go. And then his, just his finger breaks out. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes out and he's coughing up actual dust mm -hmm. from that, from that drop, coughing it up. And, and as he says, he's like, at that point, it's not acting. Like it's just, yeah. it's just real. Yeah. It's just you know, he talks about on, uh, on Jimmy Kimmel. He tells the, tells the story on, on that one. And, and uh, apparently it's very well known throughout the land that Chris can hold his breath. Uh, I, didn't, I wasn't mm -hmm. aware of that, yeah. but uh, yeah, pretty, pretty well known apparently. And so that's what he does. Wants to try to, you know, stand her for a little bit, make everybody a little bit nervous. And then it's like, okay, <laughs> I got him time to move. And then he can't, <laughs> and he's like, Oh geez. And really struggles and oh, gets his finger out, gets out of there. And then he said, after that scene, people are like, Chris, that's the best acting I've ever seen you do. Amazing. 
<laughs> he's like, yeah, it wasn't acting, you know, <laughs> that was survival. Uh, so, so we got uh, it, uh, you know, and yeah. that was amazing. And then Christina, same thing, you know, same getting uncovered thing. there mm-hmm. and, uh, and then visual effects did with the landslide and then the, the river in the background and, and then Tony getting down there and asking if anybody's seen James Reese and, and then, off, and then he comes into the hangar that reemerges. Um, so great. Yeah, kind of after his time in the cave for those uh, who are uh, uh, who, who know Joseph Campbell and mm-hmm. here with a thousand faces and yep. the hero's journey. Um, yep. So he's he's reemerged and uh, he's at the. Uh, I love that scene too, coming back in uh, and getting uh, meeting meeting Liz again, linking back up with her, yep. and uh, mm-hmm. another powerful line. Once again, talking about the women delivering powerful lines uh, in this. Um, we have Marco's wife telling Reese not to come back. Um, you, um, we have uh, Catherine's line saying, uh, uh, do what you have to do. And then we have this powerful roll tide. Tyner turning mm. around in that plane and oh, yelling at it. And it's like this, God, like, I love this that primal beat. roll tide. It's mm-hmm. not just like, yeah. well, I'm going to say this. It comes back to my character and, you know, off he goes. Like there, there is this emotion in there that mm-hmm. I, I, I heard that and I was like, and saw it obviously. And yeah. uh, I mean, you can't believe it. It's like, that yeah. is Awesome. She connected yep. with like every element of her character and the story in two words, you know, yep. yelled yep. in the front of the plane. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Tyner. Unreal. Incredible. Unreal. Yeah. And then that moment they share before he jumps, you know, that moment that yep. they, he looks at her and he calls to her. They look at each other and no words are spoken, but a thousand words are said, you know, yep. just that look between the two of them. You know, it was just, it was, and then he goes, yep. you know, yep. so well yep. done. Yeah. And that's their goodbye. And both of them know mm-hmm. that they're not going to see each other ever yep. again. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, that's their goodbye. Yep. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's powerful. And then Ben's mm-hmm. down there <laughs> on the beach. Yep. Amazing. And by. Yep. Yep. Incredible. Incredible. Um, but yep. yeah, this one is, is, uh, you know, we talked about the, the similarity to the book, but people really have to have paid attention in the book to, uh, to, to get it. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, so, but they, but if they listen to this podcast, then they, then they will They'll um, see all the inspirations. Yep. Yep. No, it's fascinating. We had some great lines in here. Um, yeah, all these different lines, all the, the Leroy Jenkins, we got, dope in there we got frogman luck um uh amazing you guys you guys crushed it with this one and then it is a uh sprint to the end episode seven and eight are up and uh Mm -hmm. it doesn't stop i mean this is a these these next two are pretty awesome and no longer is he constrained by not being able to kill anybody like he was in episode exactly. six. Exactly. Now it's time to go get some. It's time to go stack some bodies. Uh, yes. And uh, yeah, so those will be the uh, the next two that'll take us through to the end. Yeah. Man. And so in filming that episode, what's the what's the one thing, uh, Jared and Dave, that stands out to you? I mean, there's so many different things to me that I just ran through, but you guys were, especially Jared, like you were there in the in the thick of it. Like when you think back on that episode, what do you think back on is either most fondly or what's your uh, what, what what's a memory that pops first to mind when you think about the uh, was it how long did it take also to film that episode up in the canyon? What was that, Dave? How long? Did I think we had. I that? think we had. Um, 15 or 16 days yeah so a few fewer than the pilot but but maybe one to two more than than we got for most episodes got it right right yeah i mean jack there's 
that one's so packed. That is mm-hmm. so packed and it's hard to unpack it and, and focus on and try to pick one thing. You know, what we didn't talk about was him carterizing his arm with yeah. the wound. You know, we didn't, we didn't hit on that one. And Dave in post, there was so much time spent on getting that right. And so much done with, you know, visual, the, the VFX on that part of it was, yep. there was so much and they did amazing on it. You know, it yep. ended up coming out great, you know? And so that was, that was a cool scene. I'm a little biased because the knife he uses is a knife I designed. No big deal. Oh, you nice. know, so that's, yeah, nice. that's the that's, bucket that's, designed. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah. So yeah, I designed it a couple of years ago and uh, we used it in tomorrow war, but didn't really get seen, but this one, and Chris loves that knife. He's like, oh no, we're going to use it in this one. And so that oh, for nice. that scene, such an iconic scene, it was cool that, you know, he was, he used that blade to do it oh, and, cool. you know, and just a cool scene that, that whole, that whole scene was just heavy. All of it, was, you yeah. know, yeah. carterizes himself and boom, passes out, you know, and really cool, really yeah. good. Yeah. I think, nice. I, I think for me, I mean, God, again, you said it, Jack, there's so many huge things and it would be, easy to to go with like you know the landslide day and just how monstrous that was um but i think for me and i was actually not there when this was filmed but just i heard about it and then i saw it in the edit and worked on it in the edit and went oh i get it which is um the memory uh moment in the burn scar where he sees his house and he's now on the outside looking in and that moment uh where he puts his hand up Mm. to his daughter who he's lost and they kind of connect across some planes that to me like whoo man i was just like you know looking at the performances in that and the the music that we have in that i mean just all of it the way it was shot that that to me really gets gets me and and this is in so many ways the episode where you're kind of like resetting um reese's humanity before that final run mm-hmm. because yeah. you know that's the hardest thing like the book you have all that access to the humanity and it's really your humanity, I think, Jack, right? You have all that access to your humanity through the internal monologue. And we have to find ways to bring that out on screen. And that kind of moment of connection with his daughter, coupled mm-hmm. with, I think, saving Mac's life, which I think is yeah. really amazing choice. Um, those unleash him yeah. for what's to come. Oh, yeah, man. you're exactly right on that moment with that that's a great pull on that, that moment with his daughter, when he touches a glass, like that one, just that one hits you. That one is so heavy, so powerful, so deep, so well done. Yeah. Just really, 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 that was different. That that one was just completely different. Yeah. You know, yeah, you guys crushed it. Max crushed it with the writing and then being yes. there. And uh, you guys did an amazing job on this. And yeah, yeah. And now we have a sprint to the end. Seven and eight. Yes. Left to go. Oh, amazing. Amazing. But uh, thank you guys so much for doing this and sharing the experience uh, with me and with the listeners and viewers. Um, it's sincerely appreciated. And uh, man, 
Awesome. Yeah. Now let's go Thank stack you. some bodies. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Thank you to everybody who tuned in. Thank you for listening to the Terminal List Podcast, an ironclad original brought to you by KC Cattle Company, veteran owned and operated by the way. If you like this conversation, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me at Jack Carr USA on the social channels. Officialjackcar.com is the website and you can sign up for the newsletter there and david digilio follow him at digilio films that's d-i-g-i-l-i-o films on instagram and jared once again is not on the social channels uh, and he's probably a much healthier person for it uh, but <laughs> thank you guys so much for doing this and uh let's go get after episode seven <laughs>